Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brandt. And this episode, we're discussing SST 144, the Descendants Bonus Fat EP. We had Bill on the podcast the last two episodes, and in fact, on episode 142, on the Milo Goes to College episode, Bill talks a bit about the recording of these tracks, all of them uh, pretty much, but uh, we're going to try and dig up some new tidbits, even still, into the bonus part of the Fat EP. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And it sure seems like people really loved uh, Bill on the show the last couple of weeks. And how, you know, how could they not? Hey, Brant? Oh, yeah. Very cool to have Mr. Stevenson on. Go back and check out those two episodes. You want to lay some spiels on us before we get into the bonus Fat? I have to correct you, Ryan. It's spielage. Ah, nice. Hey, wait, wait, I haven't done this for a while, too. Hang on a sec. Spiel for the dudes. <laughs> Why don't you spiel for the dudes? I'm worried I'm going to scoop one of your spiels. Uh, that's okay, man. You're, you're, you know, if it's an honest scoop, scoop it. Okay. I want you to go first because I've, I've timed my spiel to follow yours. Okay, since we're doing the, like, the fat EP... I should just double check if you ate some juicy burgers and juicy fries. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, good, because yeah. you never spiel before the meal. That's right. But I'm I'm pounding coffee during this episode. It's, is it a bonus cup, though? It's not a bonus cup, but it is really thick black coffee. It's not a bonus cup. Sorry. Okay. All I have this week for you, Ryan, is the N section of the get this shit off my phone segment. You're going to scoop me on an N section? I think I might. Okay. Okay, well, I named this one for you, okay? Good. Okay. I'm starting to worry. Yeah, so this this episode of Brant's Get This Shit Off My Fold, the letter N, is brought to you by No More Trying to Trick Me Into Listening to Hair Metal. Thanks. <laughs> Loosely, it's, it's a loose Get This Shit Off uh, Brant's Phone because, by the way, not all of it he's actually getting off his phone, as we discovered last episode. I think all of this is coming off. Okay. Okay. The SS Tree, Ryan, I'm going to get you started off with a, with a record on the SS Tree. Name their 12-inch seven-song EP from 1981, self-released. Do you remember that one, Ryan? It's Henry Kaiser, Everett Shock, Bob Adams, all those dudes that we're going to see on that Everett Shock Ghost Boys record, and some of whom we saw on the Crazy Backwards Alphabet. Right. Record, episode 110. And this record has the song Book of Joel on it that is on that Crazy Backwards Alphabet record as well. Bob Adams wrote it. I'm still trying to track down their full length from 1985. Haven't been able to find that one yet. Name? Okay. I'll yeah. uh, I'll add that on my, uh, my search list. See if I can help okay. you out there, bud. Okay. Napalm Beach. In My Tree, 1994. Final, it's their final studio record. Portland Band. I got into them through that Greg Sage and the Wipers Tribute 7-inch box set. Oh, yeah, right. They go way back to the early 80s, though. Greg actually released some of their earliest material on his Trap records. They also have a killer Bandcamp page with early cassette-only releases, a bunch of live recordings, some 1981 recordings from their first band, The Untouchables, before they changed their name. Great driving bluesy garage rock, I guess. They actually really remind me of the band Sister Double Happiness. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. The new Duncan Imperials. Hanky Panky Parlez Vous. 1990 Pravda Records. Ken Goodman, the owner of that label, is in this band. And also their more serious project, The Service. It's all the same dudes, I think. Kind of a fun party rock band with... Not unlike Mojo Nixon, who they also have a single with. Right. Nick Lowe, Lay It On Me, his new single on Yep Rock. Uh, as per what he's been doing lately, he's backed by Los Straight Jackets, and it's great, just like everything he does. I need to read that Nick Lowe book once it goes to paperback. Looking forward to that. Okay, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but it's Noxact, N-O-X-A-G-T. Oh yeah, you recommended that to me a while back. Yeah, I think it was Jeff Shrek actually who recommended it to us. Turning it down since 2001. Norwegian instrumental noise rock associated with the unfortunately now defunct Load Records. It totally rules. There's this great dirge track on there called Gravy and Blood. And the the band is just bass, drums, and viola. That's wild. Yeah, it's good stuff. N-O-T-A, None of the Above, Toy Soldiers, they're 7 inch from 1984, cool thrashy hardcore from Tulsa, I'm actually surprised their stuff hasn't been reissued, I don't think, considering, you know, how much hardcore, old hardcore is getting re-released. Yeah. Neil Young, Crazy Horse at the Fillmore 1970, part of his archive series, recorded when Danny Winton was still alive and in Crazy Horse, and it's a killer set. Downtown with Danny on vocals is a total highlight. From that the nomads sonically speaking 1991 it's an underrated classic for me goodbye luck wasn't born to work can't keep my mind off you primordial ooze so many good songs yeah i agree that's a good one overlooked it seems like people really only focus on the 80s and as soon as 1990 hit people stop paying attention to the nomads but all their output's good yeah they ought not to do that you're missing some good stuff. Nebula, Demos and Outtakes, 98 to 2002. I love Nebula. This came out last year. It basically is what the title says it is. And they do a cover of Nervous Breakdown on this. Negative Gears, self-titled record, 2019. Australian post-punk. It's good stuff. Negative Self. This is a band I've mentioned before. Control the Fear came out in 2018. So they're due for a new one. They are to suicidal tendencies what, say, the Riverdales or the Hanson brothers are to the Ramones. Huh, interesting. Yeah. They have two records. They're both just awesome. And speaking of the Hanson brothers, No Means No, Great American Music Hall 1993 San Francisco bootleg. One of my favorites that I have for No Means No bootlegs. I probably got it from you. Uh, it's recorded on the Alice Donut Tour. The set list is amazing. It's the Ken Kempster Tour where they had two two drummers. Double drummers, yeah. Many. I don't know how much we've talked about No Means No, but you were like the No Means No bootleg guru back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Trading through the mail and stuff pre-internet. Yeah, you're right, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always just, you know what, um... It's funny, though, like trading bootlegs through the mail, cassette tapes and VHS tapes, by the way, through the mail mm-hmm. around the world. Um, you know what documentary I just watched is that death 
documentary. And uh, every time I watch a documentary about, you know, like I don't really like the music. I just like the story. And every time, though, one of those metal documentaries talks about that underground metal tape trading thing that happened there, it I can't help but think about like all the the nights and weekends that I spent dubbing no means no bootlegs and sending them around the world in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you had quite the collection going. Some good stuff. Now they're all online. So what does it matter? Including my no means no bootleg from that 93 tour. That's right, man. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Nile, Annihilation of the Wicked, speaking of death metal. 2005 killer Egyptian-themed death metal, and they're still kicking ass. Napalm Death. They Their new album, Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism, will be out by the time this episode drops. The singles they've been releasing are super cool. They're all big Swans fans, and you can hear the influence on these tracks. That's the cool thing about Napalm Death. They've never been afraid to experiment, so I'm really looking forward to checking that one out. So you're taking Napalm Death and Napalm Beach off your phone this week. That's right. So a really Napalm-themed removal session. I'm napalming my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Naked City, Torture Guard, 1990. John Zorn's amazing avant-garde metal project. This one has Yamatsuka Ai of the Mm -hmm. Boredoms on vocals. Later, Mike Patton would be their vocalist. If you're looking for something totally wild, look no further. Naked City. And you could probably put this on the tree. Fred Frith is the bass player. Uh, The Nymphs, self-titled. Talked about them before. I'm putting them on the tree because our podcast pal Sam Merrick, who we interviewed in episode 114 for a Leaving Trains album called Fuck, he plays on this record. Good, solid rock and roll. They were also managed by Keith Morris. Right. Nels Klein, Destroy All Nels Klein, 2000 atavistic, super prolific guitarist. He's played with Watt in The Black Gang, in Big Walnuts Yonder, in West Coast Modern Day Punk Rock Orchestra. I'm by no means a Nels Klein expert, but I think this would be a good place to start. Yeah, isn't Nels Klein the guitarist on Contemplating the Engine Room too? Might be. I think he is, because I mean... That, except for a hyphenated man, well, maybe ball hug. I'm, I'm, I'm already contradicting myself before I said it. I was going to say contemplating the engine room is my favorite Watt solo album, but I kind of like them all. So whatever. Yeah. Well, of course he's also in Wilco. That's right. probably what he's most well known for. Ryan, you'll appreciate this one. The Nils. Yes. One of our favorite bands. But I did their Shadows and Ghosts record from 2015. Oh, yeah. Right. Carlos Soria reactivated the name. Obviously, it's not going to recapture their classic material, but it's a solid record worth checking out. John Kastner from the Doughboys is on it. It's oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Non, N-O-N, Easy Listening for Iron Youth, 1989. This is a best-of comp. Boyd Rice is the... is. He is non, basically. It's throbbing gristle-esque. He was actually associated with that band. Noisy tape loops, early industrial sounds. It's really good stuff. And again, if you're looking for something avant-garde and weird, look no further. Non. Here's a recommend for you, Ryan, if you don't already know this band. New Brutalism is the name of the band. Oh, yeah. Of course. 
You know yeah. I would love that. Which one did a you record, listen to? A record of American Fury, it's called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Helmet meets ACDC. Yeah. And they and they play with um, aluminum neck guitars. Nice. So there you go. That always helps. Yep. That gives you some pedigree. For sure. Okay, Natural Child, Heart in Heaven. This is their second album from 2012. They have lots of great records. 70s Boogie with some country rock. They're from Nashville. They're due for a new one too. I love Natural Child. Necros, Tangled Up. 1987 Restless Record. It's probably blasphemy that I prefer this to the Touch and Go era, but whatever. <laughs> Point. Yeah, good, ar good argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Neats, self-titled 1983. Great Boston label, Ace of Hearts. All their records are great. Yeah. I don't know. What are they, Ryan? Like post-punk power pop almost? I think so. Yeah, yeah, they they've got a, a few LPs, a few twelve inches. They're all solid. They've got some uh, real gems on there. Okay, here's a band I stumbled across that I really liked: Knights of the Iguana. Ooh, there's a comp called the Knights of the Iguana Story, 1986 to 90. They're a Finnish rock band, a little bit of a Nomads vibe, but also a little bit of a a, a nod to the Cult almost. Hmm. They're a cool band. That could be okay. Yeah. I like, the, I like the cult up to electric. Okay. Well, I'm going to explore them further. Hey, speaking of which, I was reading about the cult, that album electric. Do you know those, that bonus edition that came out, like the manor sessions or something like that? Is that, is that any good? Uh, it's, it's not called the manor sessions. I bought it. Um, it's the original recording of that, of the right. love album. Apparently it's got, no, no, of, of electric, I believe. Or sorry, of electric. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's, uh, it's got like lots, lots of production on it and, and they kind of didn't like it. And that's why electric is so dry. Yeah. Well, it's pre Rick Ru Rubin, right? So, yeah. you know, a lot of those songs are very, they require a dry production almost because the... I would say because of the riffs. Yeah. You know, like, da -na -na -na, you know, they're very sharp, almost ACDC-esque riffs, right? Oh, yeah. So it's an it's a curiosity. I actually already had it because it's in one of the box sets, the Rare Cult box sets. Okay. But I bought that double LP when it came out, and uh, I don't know. It's a curiosity. But Not essential? I don't know. For me, it is because it's the Cult, and I... I buy it all, but, uh, it, it's, I mean, if you see that double LP for cheap, buy it, especially if yeah. you don't already own electric. Cause it comes with, it comes with the original version as well. Oh no, I've, yeah, I've got an OG electric, but if I see it used, I'd pick it up. Okay. Last one, Ryan. NY in 64. Do you know him? I don't. Oh boy. I get a good recommend for you then. What is it? And. NYN64, instrumental, post-hardcore, great riffs, great playing. They're out of New Jersey. The Gentle Indifference of the Night is the record. That is my recommend for you, Ryan. You will like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm in. I'll check it out for sure. That's it. That's the end section. There's way more end stuff on my phone. <laughs> probably about, probably about 30 more albums there. 
but I just ran out of time this week. Wow. Well, hey, like I thought you were gonna scoop me on a spiel. Are you are you hoping that I mention it? And if I don't, oh, you're going to. I forgot one. I forgot one. Of, it was a no trend. What about it? I listen. I listened to a no trend record. I can't even remember which one it was now. Oh, too many humans. That's kind of the classic one. No, it was a different one, but it's really good. I thought I was scooping you because you got the box set. Yeah, the box set finally showed up. It took years. Is it the Tritonian Nash Vegas? Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's great. A good one. It's great. Little, man. Later stuff. It's good. Oh yeah. Of course, man. Of course. Like the really early no trend is. It's not an easy listen, but they. Um, they put out some much more accessible stuff as they went on. There's um there's like a 10 inch with Lydia lunch. That's awesome from the mid eighties as well too. You should check out. I will. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on board with no trend. I got to score that box set too. Yeah. Did you, did you order direct from drag city? I did. It just took forever though. It took almost the entire duration of the plague so far for it to arrive. Craziness. Why do you order direct from Drag City? Uh, because I just wanted to go right to the label. That's all. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. And, and I mean, some sometimes uh, it's, I don't know, it kind of sounds nostalgic, I suppose, but to get those little emails from the guys at the label, it just reminds me of when people used to put handwritten notes in the package way back when. Right. That's all. Okay. They don't do that anymore? Not this one, no. Like a lot, a lot of places, um, like Drag City doesn't do that. And uh, you know, if I order direct from Merge or or other labels, um, you don't get that. Um, Discord still does, though, from time to time when I order direct from them. Yeah. One of my spiel's actually. Are you done before I go? I'm done. Yeah, okay. hit me. Well, I I was gonna go into another one first, but I'll go into this one since we're on the topic of mail order because this label when I used to order from it, uh, when I was a kid, always used to put something handwritten in it and it's alternative tentacles and people just need to know that they are starting up a seven inch of the month club at alternative tentacles. And, uh, that would be a good one to subscribe to 75 us plus shipping. It's pretty pricey, but I mean, I, I did the math. It works out to about 10 bucks a single here in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's worth it. I would say. Yeah, and but some of those are going to be old ones. Some of them are going to be probably like, already have. Yeah, random old ones or yeah. new stuff coming out. Um, like, what if you get a Noam Chomsky seven inch? I do not own one, so uh, <laughs> so then it would fill that gap. <laughs> so that would okay. be a, that would be a safe one. There we go. And I would check it out because I would have never checked it out before. That's that's part of the reason, you know. That's that's why I subscribe to Sub Pop too. Even though the last two cycles of Sub Pop singles clubs have not had like a ton of stuff that I really love, to be honest. It was just yeah. cool to be in a record of the month club. That's all I guess. Yeah. Okay, let me hit you with um I'm gonna hit you with two more micro spiels, and then I got a bit of a longer one. Um on the tree. And related to last episode, on the SS tree, that is, related to last yeah. episode, people should know that Field Day, the uh, the Dag Nasty um, offshoot band with Doug Carrion from The Descendants in it, they've got a new 12-inch coming out that by the time this episode airs, 
you might be able to pre-order it. It's called Opposite Land on Cortex Records. So that's a 12-inch, the new Field Day 12-inch to check out. It's still an EP though, right? Correct. It is a 12-inch EP. My next one is also on the SS Tree brand. And uh, do you know about the band Seized Up? Yes, it's Clifford Dinsmore. Right. Cliff, Cliff Dinsmore from Blast has got a new band coming out. Um, they just announced a new record coming out. It's Cliff Dinsmore from Blast, Danny B from this band Fast Asleep on guitar, Chuck Platt from Good Riddance, and Andy Grinelli from The Distillers. The debut is called I Brace Yourself. It, uh, this too will be out by the time this episode airs, I believe. And it's on Pirates Press Records. I don't know. Did you check out that track yet? Yep. It's the closest he's come to being in a band that sounds like Blast, I would say. Yeah. I, when, since Blast. When I when I listened to it, I was like, okay, Brant would like that more than me. Like, it's good, but I know it's way more up your alley. Yeah, man. Okay. Now, this is a bit of a lengthier one. We don't have an interview. I want to give you a bit of a lengthier spiel. Can we do this? Sure. Okay. It's another. It's another edition of my last ten. Okay. 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 Not yeah. my not my top ten, my last ten, and this is a special stump Brant edition of my last <laughs> ten because you right. you've been going through your phone, and I think reveling a bit in all the bands that you mentioned that I don't know about. I think you've really been enjoying that and a bit too much, in fact. So these, these, I'm going to get, I'm about to get my come up and is that what this is? We'll see here. We'll see. That's, that's part of, that's part of the game. So this is the last 10 that I've listened to. And I've been, I've been keeping a bit of a list that I don't, okay. that I don't think, you know, I have to pull a Ryan here and get my, get your pen, pen out. out then. Get your pen out. Uh, because these aren't just stump Brandt last 10 items all of them are recommends okay 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 have you dipped your uh your quill in your inkwell i've got my cockatoo quill here ready to go nice nice snfu reference good one (laughs) okay here's the first one you ready yep cactus nerve fang the band uh, the band is cactus nerve fang the album is sloth Grass Records, 1993. Heard of them? Never. Boom. Noisy Indie Grunge. It's a great record. Grass Records, um, distributed by Dutch East India way back then, in that uh, early 90s type time frame. Um, I think you'd like them. I think you should check them out. I most certainly will. Next, number two, Banos Ibanos. Do you know Banos Ibanos? You better spell that. B-A-N-O-S space Y space B-A-N-O-S. The record is Singles Going Broke. Oh, I like that title. Yeah, on Kunzwaf Records 2014. This is, um, I'm going to get this name wrong probably, John Laquaglia from the band White Drugs. Also um, has records out on, or a record out, I should say, on Kunzwaf Records. Loosely associated with Amphetamine Reptile. But this Banos Banos record, this is for fans of 
um, up-tempo, sludgy, noisy, like, like think of an up-tempo grong, grong brant, but, mm. but more, <laughs> but kind of melodic and noisy at the same time. Okay. Okay. Uh, I know white drugs. I don't know Banosy Banos though. Now you do. Now I do. Number three, dumb. The band is dumb. The album is thirsty on up records. 1996. Do you know that one? Mm. I thought that was a Dale Crover thing, mm. or I thought that was like a joyful noise band or something. So there's dumb numbers who you might be thinking. Ah, of. that's who I'm thinking of. This yeah. is dumb. And the album is Thirsty, Up Records, 1996, melodic post-punk from Manchester. Um, the the guy, Mark Hoyle, the singer, used to be in a band called Dub Sex, which I love. And uh, Dumb is great, too. His vocals are what got me into uh, Dub Sex, the band, who you should also check out. But also... Dub, as in, like, dub reggae? D-U-B space sex. Check, yeah. check out, like... If Dub Sex had a hit, it's this song called Swerve. You should check out that. Uh, but both Dumb and Dub Sex, again, melodic post-punk from Manchester. You really can't go wrong with melodic post-punk from Manchester. Let's be honest. I, I guess you can't. You cannot. Okay, here's the next one. St. James Infirmary. I know the name. Are they... Self-titled 12-inch EP on Allied Recordings. I know that name. Post-hardcore, noisy grunge type music from the 90s. Also had a single on Alternative Tentacles, maybe. That's probably how I know them, yeah. Uh, Jason Rosenberg from the band has done lots of artwork for Alternative Tentacles, too, like the Black Kalima album cover, a Pachinko cover, a Lard cover... Even did the SNFU Ping Pong EP cover, I believe. Um, St. James Infirmary, though. Post-hardcore, noisy grunge stuff. You would dig it. Okay. It's a recommend. So far, so good, hey? Yep. You don't know so any far, of them? So so good. Yes. I don't know any of these. Yes. Okay, here we go. Numero five. Six-to. S-I-X-T-O. Self-titled from 2001 on star star stereo records do you know that one don't do not know six toe six toe uh this is guys from the bands dis and seam it's uh it's melodic aggressive kind of post-punk stuff six toe you would like that i like seam yeah you you would like dis have you do you know dis d-i-s nope check out dis man Okay, there's another one. Bonus round for you. Here we go. Next one. The Cronkman Brandt. Do you know The Cronkman? No. New album on Forbidden Place Records. The album is called Three, as in the number three. Bre What's the Cronkman spell it? K with a K? K-R-O-N-K. Men. Brandt, this is new. This year. I like that name, the Cronkman. That's a good band name. Well, you're going to like the music too because, Brent, it's Doom Surf instrumental music. <laughs> you're gonna, okay. You're going to like the music, man. Doom Surf. Okay. The Cronkman. Yep. You would like it. All right. Um, where am I going here? Where am I? Ah, okay. The band is Bud. The album is Jawa. 
B-U-D-D Brandt. Do you know the band? I know the I know the Jesus Lizard single. <laughs> oh, so far so good. Aussie Aussie Noise Rock. This is actually okay. their um it's hard to tell. Uh, I think it is a like a reformation record. Their earlier noise rock albums, they even have a double 10-inch on Ecstatic Peace Records. So hmm. it's very, very remotely, loosely on the SS tree here. But um, this 2009 record, Jawa, is a really melodic turn for this band, bud. And it's a killer. It's I think it's probably an EP, frankly, but it's really good. You should check that out. There's not a Jesus Lizard single called Bud. Who am I thinking of? Uh, you might be thinking of the band Rape Man. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but I don't want to give you any hints at all, even for even when you're trying to get it. No hints. So far, okay. I'm good. So far, I'm good. Here's number eight. The band is Salvation. The record is Year of Crowbar Salvation. No man, Salvation. Damn it. The record is Year of the Fly. Do you know this one? Never heard of it. So 2019, Forge Again Records, uh, another label, kind of like Forbidden Place Records, that puts out a lot of stuff that I'm into. 2019, Chicago noise band, really, really good. Salvation, check that out. You would like that. Much like post-punk from, from Manchester, Chicago noise. Yeah, it's pretty hard to go wrong there. Okay, but hold on here. I'm, I'm on a roll. Kamikaze Refrigerators, Brant. Hmm. Come on. No, I like that name, though. Okay, the album is Happy Thoughts. Do you know this? No. Okay, I'm writing it down. Kamikaze Refrigerators. This record, Happy Thoughts, released in 1986. It's demos recorded by Spot. Oh. And um, it's from Austin, Texas. Members related to Scratch Acid and Big Boys, you would definitely dig this Kamikaze Refrigerators. You got to check that out. I will be. Okay, this is number ten. This is this is the last of the last ten. Are you ready? Geez, I hope I get this one. Okay, Switch Hitter. I am zero for ten. The Switch Hitter. the The CD is Fur de Lance, two thousand and two. Preset Records. Also from Texas, this is actually um, David Yu from Distorted Pony and also from the band Sweet Pea. I actually, I think this is either the band that Sweet Pea turned into or this band turned into Sweet Pea. I'm not quite sure, but also a recommend. That's my last 10. Do you want to do a bonus round number 11 real quick? Yeah. Okay. Are you really ready? I'm totally ready. Custom Floor is the band. The record Don't is know the record is Clear Day. Do you know them? No. So Custom Floor, San Diego band. This record is actually produced by John Reese. Um, so you know it. It sounds pretty darn good too. I would say kind of angular, grungy post-hardcore from San Diego. Also cannot go wrong with a band like that from San Diego. Okay. There you go, man. You have your homework. I, I will report back. Yes. I got you. 
<laughs> I, I, I got my comeuppance. Yeah, now you can continue to shame me for the rest of the alphabet. <laughs> On it. I did my homework this week, my friend. All right, man, do you want to ride the wild? I sure do. Let's do it. History lesson, part one. All right, so this is the Ride the Wild single and the the fat EP, but this is bonus fat. We'll actually see these songs again in the next episode, the uh, the two things at once episode. Uh, we'll also see the fat EP on its own at SST two twelve. So we're gonna go through these songs again a couple more times, and the other track that's uh, on this, not on the Ride the Wild. And the uh, the fat EP is actually on the Chunks compilation as well, too. The uh, Global Probing song. So we either are or will be very familiar with these songs. But it's a great little package that was put together by SST, the bonus fat EP, to help, I, th- I would say, to help people uh, get access to the Ride the Wild oh, and sure. the Global Probing tracks, for sure. Yep, hey? For sure, Ride the Wild, this would have been the probably the only place to hear these songs by the time this came out. So the Fat EP came out in 1981. It was New Alliance Records 5. It was a 7-inch single. As you mentioned, we'll be seeing that on episode 212 on a mini CD, I think. Not sure how we're going to play that. (laughs) (laughs) I can play mini CDs on my CD player. I've got a few. Okay. As you mentioned, the Ride the Wild single came out in 1980 on the band's label Orca Productions. The Chunks comp was New Alliance Records 3 and also SST 69, so you can check that episode out out if you want. Bonus Fat was released by New Alliance Records on a 12-inch EP in 1985, New Alliance Records 25, and then two years later on SST on LP, CD, and cassette. And as you mentioned, we'll also be seeing it next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if it's good, why not? And and I think uh, Bill mentions in the Milo Goes to College episode, two episodes ago, like for Ride the Wild, I think his dad paid for the recording, hey? Yeah, he said his dad was there when they recorded it. Yeah, that's wild. The, uh, the Flex book... That's that um, double edition tome of 75 to 85 American uh, punk. It calls the Ride the Wild single. It says the Ride the Wild single would be hopelessly obscure if it wasn't the Descendants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it, it would be lost to the ages if it wasn't the Descendants. For sure. Yeah, that's that's not that's not wrong. Yeah. The uh, I, I did when looking through the Flex book, though, see that you know it seems like it's pretty hard to tell what pressings were out there um and a lot of people are like well you know one was a glossy label one was a you know an oversized jacket um but it seems like there were kind of two main pressings one in 1980 and then a repress in 85 and the 85 one actually came with a sticker apparently but i cannot find a picture of that you're talking about the about the ride the wild single yeah. Yeah, yeah, what I read was 500 were total, total were pressed. I'm not sure if that's the first pressing only, though. For the Fat EP, I found a quote from Watt in the Wailing of a Town book where he says, the band came to us at New Alliance Records because they wanted to get a record out. So the yeah. Descendants approached New Alliance. 
And then here's a thing with Watt from that Filter magazine that I mentioned last week, where he asks the band, is there a concept behind the Fat EP? And Bill goes, I don't think so. We were never organized enough to have concepts. The fact of the matter is that I was 250 pounds and obsessed with chili burgers and stuff. And Frank was a little (laughs) overweight at the time too. So we were embracing our gluttony. And then Milo says, well, there was that and the coffee. The coffee probably provided a good concept too. There was no song about coffee, but it was clearly influencing what was going on musically. He's talking about the speed, I think, and the, the, yeah, yeah. the very short, fast songs. Yeah, it's interesting to, to hear them, you know, start off very influenced by the last and kind of having that Southern California jangly uh, sound and then come out with the fatty P, very, you know, hardcore sounding. And then when you go back two episodes ago with Milo, that's like the transition record. There's, it's like melodic hardcore, right? You know what this record is, man? This is the Descendants in God We Trust Incorporated. <laughs> what? Well, that's the... Why? Well, that's... Think about that. It's a 12-inch P- EP by the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. Think about the yeah. songs on it. Nazi punks fuck off. It's like a 30-second song. You know? Moral yeah, yeah. majority. Sure. Super fast. Hardcore. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. Um, in Wailing of the Town, did you see how... I think it's the, like the New Alliance... Uh, promo booklet catalog there's there's the write-up in there and they called it fish food punk yeah seems to make sense yeah heavily into food stuff scene is what it said there yeah. <laughs> that was written by uh mike watt and martin tamburovich the new alliance promo materials back then yeah hey i found some cool new alliance promo too i'm going to read it to you new alliance record serves up today's special a record to sink your teeth into Check out the grease dripping off that burger. It's not just fat, it's bonus fat. The latest release from these rock and roll gourmets, The Descendants. Bonus fat is a reissue of the earliest Descendants recordings. One side contains the entire fat EP, the other side contains the two songs from their obscure debut debut single. This single was recorded when The Descendants were a three-piece band prior to obtaining their singer Milo. After chewing the fat on side one, Flip the disc over and dig into dessert, a rare treat consisting of the Descendants' debut recording. Savor the sound on side two of the group in power trio mode, Hold the Milo. Eating is believing, so go ahead and feast. And then it lists the date, lists all the dates for the I Don't Want to Grow Up tour, because, you know, this would have came out right before that tour, probably yeah. 85, 86. And then there's a little quick review from from The Simpsons' Matt Groening in the L.A. Reader in 1982. A fast food, in-and-out taste sensation with zesty sprinkles and secret sauce. The five-song disc contains at least three thrash-trash classics. The 36-second My Dad Sucks, the 15-second I Like Food, and the critically acclaimed Schnitzel. <laughs> Short is sweet. Best record to hit my turntable in some time. Nice. I've got uh, a write-up here from from uh, Michael Whitaker as well, too, out of the SST. Also food-themed. Do you want to hear that? Yep. Okay. Here's the Spaceman on bonus fat. It says, 
the first real whiff of the power and majesty that is the descendants came on this action-packed eight-song mini extravaganza. Celebrate the joys of food and fun on My Dad Sucks, I Like Food, Hey Hey, and Ride the Wild. Hey, I found a little thing in the Stevie Chick spray paint the walls black flag book. He says there was a lot more to the descendants than gimmick songs. Their lyric book trained their endearingly smart ass eye on a spectrum of topics that staked out the group's worldview and priorities. Girls, food, caffeine, touring, and bodily functions. The descendants saw themselves as losers, as nerds, as outsiders, but reveled in that outsiderdom without shame and with a great deal of wit. They were losers, short, fat losers, laughs Joe Carducci. Greg, won, Greg Ginn was at least a tall, skinny loser, so the de- descendants were even worse off than him. But th- that didn't bother them. They didn't play nicer music so people would like them more. They were confident of what they wanted to do, and they just went after doing it. The quest for all. Very true. Yeah. You want to do these tracks? Sure, man. History Lesson Part 2. Okay, track one, side one. My Dad Sucks, written by Frank Nevetta and Tony Lombardo. It's 36 seconds. I've heard this song a zillion times and never really contemplated how weird it is, structurally. Like, yeah. nothing rhymes. There's no chorus. And I'm not slagging it, by the way. It's an amazing song. I love it. A total Frank rant, too, lyrically. Yeah, yeah. To hear Bill... Tell it, this is a traditional Nevada tune, <laughs> Yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, that totally live sound. I think Bill says in the interview, they did this live with no overdubs. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. How would you overdub some of these songs? Yeah. How could you punch in? Yeah. Well, you can hear, punch you in. can hear like errors and stuff. Yeah. Which oh, wow. to me just adds to the charm of the record. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Track two, Mr. Bass, written by Frank Nevetta. This is like the epic of the album, of the EP at two minutes, five seconds. This Oh yeah, this is like this is like the prog song on the record. Yeah. This is part of the story Bill tells in our Milo episode, Milo Goes to College, that also relates to the song Catalina from the from the Milo Goes to College record. They mention Bill's boat, the Orca, and the broken motor that he talks about in that interview. Yeah, Mr. Bass takes a beating. Billy Boy must keep eating. Yeah, definitely some surf vibes on this one. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Track three, I Like Food, Food Tastes Good, written by Bill. 15 seconds. Bill, That's Bill yelling into like the snare mic at the beginning. Again, <laughs> with the lyrics, I've never really read them before. I kind of have my own lyrics to these songs. Turkey legs and raw fish eyes. Yeah. I like teenage girls with ketchup too. Get on my way or I'll eat you. <laughs> but I, I like the line, I'm going to turn dining back into eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Track four, Hey, Hey, written by Tony Lombardo. A minute 35. Kind of a typical Tony song, if there is such a thing. A bit of Buzzcocks, a bit of Ramones. And I'm not knocking it. Tony wrote amazing songs, and this is one of them. Yeah. He definitely, like, for these tracks, though, the Tony Lombardo bass sound 
is really not there in in terms of like what you think about. It's not there on these tracks yet. No, not yet. Track five, Wiener Schnitzel, written by Stevenson and Pat McCusiton. 11 seconds. Bill says this was his, Frank, and their friend Pat's order after Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> Verbatim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony ad-libbed yep. the Bill sperm part for a laugh in the studio. In Spray Paint the Walls, Stevie Chick says, The Descendants had recently scored a bizarre radio hit, Wiener Schnitzel, was an 11-second track that closed out their 1981 Fat EP. Startling and hilarious, it became a staple of punk rock radio shows and more mainstream DJs added the song to their playlists. Hmm. Including, Ryan, Happy Harry Hardon's radio show. From, oh my God, what's that? That's the Christian <laughs> Slater movie. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that in the Filmage documentary recently, right? Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume, yeah. right. Awesome movie. What are the tracks on there? Um, well, it's Henry, got Henry. Henry does, a, Henry does a song with Bad Brains, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah it's kick uh, kick out the jams. Right, yeah. right. Sonic Youth are on it. I think the uh, Bill said though the large Dr Pepper order. That's Pat. Hey. Yeah, yeah, because right. he was usually buzzing on amphetamine, yeah. so he wasn't eating. <laughs> yeah. And we've got some blast beats on this song. That's right. Yep. And then track six, Global Probing, written by Frank Nevada, a minute, six seconds, as discussed on episode 69. It was our ballot result pick for that episode, by the way. Oh, no way. Yep. Huh. Recorded at the same sessions as the Fat EP. But I think it was smart to leave it off and save it for chunks. It fits better there than it would on this EP. It's a bit more melodic than the stuff on the Fat EP. Yeah, ex- Except maybe, like, with the exception of Hey Hey, but but not that much. Yeah. And then we flip it over and we get their first single, Ride the Wild. Now, as mentioned, this was when they were just a trio, Frank, Tony, and Bill. Frank wrote the track Ride the Wild, the A-side, so he sings it. He's a good singer. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Actually, actually I mean, I like... I like the the vocals on both of these tracks. Yeah. Some great harmonies that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great surfy song. It sounds really good for an early recording. They're definitely still developing their sound and they're playing. I yeah. mean, it's got an extended surfy solo in it. Clean guitars, kind of double-tracked, hard left and right. The bass is pretty low in the mix for a Descendant song. Yeah. And then the B-side of that single is It's a Hectic World, written by Tony. Tony sings it. I've seen this one compared to Devo a fair amount, and it's not, it, they're not wrong when people say that. I think it, yeah. I mean, I can see why, but there's one aspect of it that sounds very Devo-esque, and that's the sound of, I think, it might. it's either Bill's snare without the snares on, or or like a rototom or a tom or something like that because some of, some of that really early devo their drums sound kind of like that. Yeah. That's it. That's the that's bonus fat. What about the artwork here? Yeah. So the front cover is a big burger and I think that that's that's drawn by Frank, hey? Yep. I think 
You've got the Milo added on to the front, though. That's the cover of the Fat EP, obviously. Yeah. With with Milo added on. Yeah, as the bonus, hey? Yeah. And then the back cover has got that drawing that I think you confirmed with Bill was drawn by D. Boone. Is that right? No, that drawing was done by Frank. That's the one he says is supposed to be like a... Oh, right, That's right, right. all of the them one by, combined? The one, by Boone, the one by D. Boone's on the actual label of the record. On some of them, yeah. I don't yeah. know what pressing, but it's a guy eating a turkey leg or something, and it yeah, says yeah, yeah. eating no, is wrong. believing. Yeah. yeah, this is Frank again. But there is an eating is believing the words here are yeah. on the back, and that, maybe that's D. Boone's writing then. But this is the composite of all, everyone in the band. That's Frank's drawing, right? Yeah. What do you think? Why is it a composite of all of them? Well, didn't he like mash up all of their characteristics into one person? Yeah, but like which characteristic is which? Oh, don't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, here. The glasses are Milo. Yeah. Now you go. <laughs> well, the big... The girth is probably Bill if he was 250 pounds. Sure. It looks like the, he's eating that microphone. What part is Frank? What part is Tony, though? I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, no, that's a left arm. I was going to like, maybe that big, gigantic, ripped arm is is Tony's base <laughs> arm, but it's not. Frank was, was pretty ripping. jacked, man. Yeah, yeah, true. But again, that's left arm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it says here on uh, my copy anyways, with some typeset, make sure you play this loud enough to blow the shit out of your speakers. All right. That's what it says that on my copy here. Some of the labels have the Ride the Wild cover on them. Yep. Yep. Produced by Spot, and it's, I think, written by Spot, because it's got the little dot in the middle of the O, which is a Spot thing. Yeah, and it's uh, the Fat Songs and Global Probing were recorded at Music Lab in March 81, and Ride the Wild, Hectic World... January 1979 at Media Art. Yeah. Those are the dates. That's the point I was trying to make on Milo Goes to College is how much they progressed. Like, like listen to Bill's drumming on that Ride the Wild. Oh, yeah. And then compare it to his drumming on Milo Goes to College. Yeah. Well, Bill would have been practicing, like, man. It's insane how much he progressed. No doubt. Any dead wax? Yeah, man. Hang in there. It's a little bit long on this one, okay? So side one, it says, see if you can do two things at once. Go away and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, side B says, now she's black. Everything I hate. I don't want to grow up. Hmm. That's the, those are the first part is the lyrics from the now she's black song, obviously mm -hmm. that Bill wrote. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what pressing I'm pretty sure mine is like a really, really late pressing. So I don't know if those were added on later or what. Don't know. All right. Ballot result. Let's do it. Ballot result. 
So we already used global probing, hey? Yep. I'm I'm going to throw my hat in for Ride the Wild, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's my favorite song on this. Um, I mean, I know we can get it again in the next episode. If oh, we well, miss... next episode we'll be getting something off Milo Goes to College yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of my thinking. But you probably feel quite strongly about one of the songs off the Fat EP. Where would you go? Well, I like my dad sucks I, I like mr bass i like i like food of course wiener schnitzel has to go on there at some point we'll have to get it when we get to the mini cd or something if we don't get it now <laughs> we can do we can do ride the wild it's the a side of their first single yeah i think so but no but no milo though that's okay that's okay well there there was descendants without milo for a couple of songs so there yeah that's true yeah, for a whole album, in fact. Okay, we'll do Ride the Wild. Right? They got to put out those 2,000 recordings. Yeah, I can't wait to hear those. I'm still jazzed about that, and that's why I'm I'm into the Frank and Tony setup. Let's do it. Yeah. Ride the Wild. All right. Hey, Ryan, what's next week? So, as mentioned, it's SST 145, The Descendants, Two Things at Once, uh, we've been through the songs, but we're going to go someplace completely different with our special guest, Brant. Yeah, so we've got a guest who I've been trying to get on the show for pretty much since day one. And I finally uh, pinned him down for an interview. And this interview happened a while ago, and we've been looking for a place to put it. So we're going we're gonna to drop it in next week. We've got Mugger on the show. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.